Hey guys, welcome to the Hobby Heroes Podcast, episode number 37. So today I am by myself. I have uh, a goal in mind, and this one's going to come out with little to no editing because it's taken me forever to kind of work up to what it is exactly I wanted to do. So over the last probably year, I've been playing my ogres, uh, primarily my giant list, so that's just kind of what I've been up to. But this year, I'm wanting to get back into my dwarfs. Um, As such, I need to take a hard look at the army, the way I've been running it, the things I wanted to change. And one of the things that's missing uh, on the internet, in my opinion, is people are keeping up with the old or the new battle tomes as they come out. There are other podcasts, uh, Garage Hammer, uh, Just Saying, Face Hammer, those guys, they're all talking about the new stuff. But what I need to do is I need to talk about the old stuff, and there's not enough people talking about, so that's what I'm going to do today. Now, I'm going to be by myself, so I don't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. Woe is me. Um, but I'm still going to go through the list. Uh, we're going to go through everything that the dispossessed have primary access to in this episode. And then the second episode this month won't be one of my short extras. It will be an episode dedicated to the things that the dispossessed can use uh, as dwarven allies that uh, ostensibly got taken away from us in the big switch from 8th to AOS. Uh, Things like our cannons and gyros. And then things that are left in the compendium like our miners and slayers. So I'm going to take next episode to go over that. But this episode, we're covering the primary uh, faction of the dispossessed. Now... Lucky us, there's only like 10 options in here total, so it's not going to be too terribly difficult to go over. And we're going to start off with our Warden King. Now, the Warden King, uh, this is all predominantly uh, GHB current. Uh, This should be changing in July or August. So, Warden King's 120 points. He is your your sluggy hero, I guess. Five wounds, a four-inch move. I'm going to say a four-inch move. Everything in the damn army has a four-inch move. Uh, he has five wounds, a four-plus save, and a bravery of eight. So decent bravery. He only has one weapon. It's a one-inch range, so you got to be right up on the face. You get four attacks with it. Threes and threes for hit and wound. One rend and D3 damage. Uh, so it's a pretty mediocre to average weapon. Uh, nothing special there. Abilities, he has an Ancestor Shield. You get a reroll failed saves for the Warden King, but on a 4+, that's good, but it's not great. Uh, he has his O-Stone. In the hero phase, he can put his O-Stone down, and if he does, he's not allowed to move until the next hero phase, until after the next hero phase, I guess. But all dispossessed in the army within 18 inches of him get to use his bravery instead of their own when taking battle shock tests. It's arguable whether this ability is actually any good. Most of the armory is Bravery 7, uh, you know, so I don't know uh, whether that's really good enough, especially since he sticks in the ground there. His command ability is you can pick your, uh, use your command point. He picks an enemy unit within 16 inches of him, and until my next hero phase, all dispossessed miles in the army that target that guy are plus one to wound. So if I'm wounding you on a four, I go down to a three, which is a pretty solid command ability. That is arguably the absolute best thing about this dude is he is an army buff thing, you know, and especially uh, the way I've been running them is a shooty army. I've been running a unit of quarrelers, a massive unit of quarrelers, and when they get to the point where they're hitting on, you know, fours with rerolling ones, then wounding on threes because of the Warden King, with Ren because of Runesmith is pretty tasty. Uh, you know, you get 60 shots if you're running the full 30 man, so it's, it can be pretty good. So that's the Warden King. Uh, I feel like he's necessary in every list. He's not... I don't know. He's not. He's nothing you want to throw into combat, really. He can take on some, like, schmuck troops with some assistance. You're never going to send him into anything alone. He'll just die. Five wounds goes away very, very fast. Next up, we got our Rune Lord. Uh, this is our only other character choice, really. So he's 100 points, uh, 5 wounds again, 4 plus save, and he goes down to a bravery 7 instead of 8 that the king has. But he has two different weapons, so there is that. He has his rune staff with one attack, 4 to hit, 3 to wound, no rend, and d3 damage. And then he has a forge hammer, two attacks, 4 to hit, 4 to wound, no rend, 1 damage. Uh, This guy's a caster, he's not supposed to be fighting. So, I mean, they're useful in a pinch, but again, honestly, it's just kind of like the Warden King. Like, you're never going to send this dude into combat on purpose. You know, he can go in with some support maybe, but he's really just able to sort of defend himself. What you buy this guy for is his abilities. 
he has the rune of spell breaking. So in my phase, he can unbind like a wizard, uh, and he adds two to all of his unbinding rolls, which puts him at an advantage on stopping people from casting. Now, obviously, you can only stop one spell. That's why pretty much every dispossessed army that you see runs two, uh, sometimes even three of this guy. Uh, usually two now that they FAQ'd the stack thing with uh, second edition AOS. He has rune lore, which is prayers, basically. Uh, on your hero phase, he can pray to the ancestor gods, pick a dispossessed unit within 16 inches, and select one of two choices and roll a die. On a two, the prayer goes off, and on a one, it fails. So two plus prayers, uh, pretty pretty beef awesome there. So you get one, which is Ancestral Shield. Until your next hero phase, you can roll a dice whenever a model suffers a wound or a mortal wound, and on a six, that mortal wound is ignored. Or Forge Fire. Until your next hero phase, increase the rend characteristic of a unit's weapons by one. So minus one becomes minus two, etc. Uh, so like I said, pre-AOS, you could stack Forge Fire, and, you know, again, that giant block of crossbows that I tended to run suddenly at rend two was extremely powerful. Uh, they FAQ'd that so you can't do that anymore. This has uh, a pretty, I mean, Forge Fire's pretty good. I still used it quite effectively in second edition here with the giant block of corollers. 60 shots, hitting on fours, wounded on threes with the Warden King with rend one was pretty tasty. Um, Ancestral Shield is great if you're if you're not aiming for shooting things, if you're aiming just for survival, because that's a save on top of all your saves. So you're like, hey, you hit me. Uh, I try to save it. If I'm shield walling, I get a reroll that failed save, and then I get a six on top of that. So, you know, you're actually really tough to kill. And that is also why you usually see two of them, you know, uh, so you get your front line buffed with that, the guys that are catching everybody, and then you give rend to the guys behind them, or you give rend to the unit that's in combat to keep them alive and let them deal out a little pain. Next up, we have the Unforged. I lied, there is a third character. <laughs> um, five wounds, ten bravery, and a six-plus armor save. Look out. Dude has one weapon with a one-inch range, six attacks, three to hit, three to wound, one rend, one damage apiece. So... This bro is also 100 points, and he is 100 points of worthless, in my opinion. Um, let's go through his abilities. He has Runic Axes. I get a reroll all hit rolls of one for him. He has the Epic Death Blow. If slain in the combat phase, roll a dice. On a 4+, you give D3 mortal wounds back to the enemy. If it's a Chaos model, it's D6 mortal wounds. He has a rule called Nemesis. Attacks made by him inflict double damage against Chaos units. And he has one called The Bigger They Are. I get to add one to wound rolls if the target has a wound characteristic of more than one. Which, at this point in AOS, a lot of things do. So, ostensibly, he's hitting on threes, re-rolling ones, wounding on twos, uh, rend one, damage one. And therein lies the problem. Uh, like, his damage output is not high enough. And he is a single character, which means with a six plus save and five wounds dude's probably never going to get a chance to fight. Like, he's... You know, if his axes did D3 damage, I would absolutely pay 100 points for him and put him in armies. I'd put three of them in the army and just chuck them across the field. Six attacks with D3 damage each is pretty sweet. But one damage apiece with six attacks, um, that's... You're not even scratching the surface on most big guys. Uh, and a rend of one... Uh, I feel like they really let us down on the unforged character, so unfortunately, he is not worth it in my opinion. Moving along, we get to our regular warriors. The dwarf warriors have one wound each, five plus save, and a bravery of six. So this is the low end bravery. They have two choices for weapons, range one inch on both, one attack on each. Uh, they have an axe, and an axe slash hammer, or a great axe slash great hammer. Uh, the regular hacks is 3 to hit, 4 to wound, no rend, 1 damage. The two-handed one, uh, gray weapon, is 4 to hit, 3 to wound, 1 rend, 1 damage. So, both pretty common uh, weapons, 1 attack apiece, 1 damage apiece. You get your choice, easier to hit, harder to wound, no rend, or harder to hit, easier to wound with rend, kind of up to you. Uh, the veteran is a sergeant, you know, he gets two attacks rather than one. But where this unit shines right here at 80 points apiece... Um, is standard bearers and they're all their other stuff. So the standard bearers, you get two choices. You can either take the runic icon, which means if the unit is targeted by a spell on a five or more, they ignore it. 
And then the clan banner, which means if you fail a Bioshock test, you half the number of miles that flee. Well, the dwarfs get uh, their allegiance ability, which I haven't discussed yet, and I probably should have done that at the top of the show. Um, on a one, two, or three, for a Bioshock test, you ignore it anyway. So you ignore your Bowser test on one, two, three. On a four, five, or six, you half the number if you've got that clan banner. So you know if you're only losing a couple of guys, it makes takes you down to maybe losing one or two, uh, which is pretty damn solid. Uh, horn blowers, if you have a musician in the unit, instead of rolling to see how far they run, they just automatically go four inches. They have resolute in defense. You can reroll failed wound rolls of one when attacking in your opponent's combat phase. <laughs> You can instead reroll failed wound rolls for a warrior unit if it has 20 or more models when it attacks in your combat phase. So if you have a big unit, you get to reroll all failed wound rolls. Small unit, only get to reroll wound rolls of one. Kind of useful. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. And then you have your Duarden Shields. A uh, unit equipped with shields, instead of running or charging in its turn... Uh, can create shield walls. If it does so, I get to reroll all failed save rolls for the unit in combat phase until my next movement phase. So there's a couple things here that make these guys awesome for 80 points. In the rules as written, and everyone has agreed with this, uh, I've never heard anyone argue against it, these guys can tote great weapons and shields at the same time. So I get that shield wall thing with the better weapon, which unfortunately means there's absolutely zero reason in my opinion, to ever run the regular axe or hammer. Sure, you hit easier, but you don't have rend. Um, like, maybe that would be more useful if you could only do shields with regular weapons, but since you can do shields with great weapons, great weapons it is. Also, really cool is the fact that you can take both banners the way the rules are written now, so you get the runic icon and the clan banner. And then we get two resolute in defense. So, a unit comes at a size of 10 at 80 points. If you max size the unit at 40 dudes... You get a discount, it goes down to 280 points instead of 320. Uh, so you're getting a 40-point value there. But you have to decide what you want to do with them. So if you take a 40-man unit, you're taking that to sit on objectives and sit forever. You're going to use your shields, you're going to use your clan banner, and you're probably going to be using your runesmiths to give them that extra iron-forged armor. So you're saving, you're re-rolling your saves, and then you're getting that 6-plus save. When you take your bow shock on a one through three, you ignore it. Your clan banner, you half what you do take. Your resolute in defense, you get to reroll all filled wound rolls in your opponent's combat phase. Pretty awesome. Now, if you go back to if you go back to a smaller unit, which is what I've tended to run, ten man units. These are more like net units, right? You throw them out there on your front line. They're there to catch the opponent's guys as they come across the field. You're only rerolling wound rolls of one in combat. And the clan banner doesn't matter as much because usually once that unit goes down, it goes down immediately. Uh, but it's still usable. It's still there. I do really like the warriors. I've always used them as nets. I don't own enough of them to use them as a giant uh, tar pit. But I could definitely see that being an effective way of using them. Next up is Longbeards. These dudes come in 10 for 100 points. Uh, if you max unit, you get a discount again. They're only 270 instead of 300. Uh, so 30-point discount there. Oh, I should have said, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously the uh, Warden King, Unforged, and Runesmith are all leaders. The Warriors and the Longbeards are currently battle line. So the Longbeards, wound one, everything has one wound. Uh, four plus save, so a little bit better save than the Warriors. They get back up there to the character level uh, instead of the five plus. They have the four plus and a bravery of seven, so their bravery goes back up one as well. They have the same weapon options as the regular warriors. You get your axe or your great axe. They also have the same rules about the um, shields, and the veteran gets to make two attacks instead of one. But where they change is uh, the standard bearer. You don't get to choose the runic icon. These guys only have the clan banner, which is unfortunate, and I don't really understand why. <laughs> uh, but whatever. They also have the musician, uh, all the units in the army that can have musicians, the musicians all do the same thing. You run four inches instead of rolling. These guys have a buff ability, though. They get to be old grumblers. So during your hero phase, they can grumble, and you pick one of three abilities. Um, you either pick, I thought dwarves were made of sterner stuff, uh, roll a dice each time a dispossessed model from your army flees within eight inches. On a five or more, that model stands firm and doesn't run away. 
Who does the Beardling think he is? Friendly heroes within 8 inches are treated as the general when working out the range of their command abilities. Cool. And then Grotz or Weeder these days, reroll wound rolls of 1 for dispossessed models in your army within 8 inches of this unit when they fight in combat. So, these all three have their uses. Um, Dwarfs are made of sterner stuff is, again, adding just even more stickability. If you put these dudes... If they're buffing a tar pit unit, like with maximum buffs, let's say someone hits a unit of warriors and kills 10 dudes. And let's say they only have like no rend or a rend of one. Let's just say they have no rend. I'm getting a five plus save. I'm shield wall. I'm rerolling a five plus save. If I had the runesmith there, I'm getting my iron forge thing. So I'm getting a six plus save on top of that. Even if I've lost five dudes and then I don't roll a one, two or three on my battle shock, right? To just ignore it. And I fail my battle shock. Let's say I roll a max one. So I roll a six. I lost five dudes. That's an 11. I have a bravery of six. I'm losing five more dudes. Clan banner. I lose half rounded down. So I lose three dudes instead of five. And then the three dudes with these guys nearby, if they're using Duerden or Sturder stuff, on a five plus, they don't run away anyway. So I'm probably going to save another one. Now I've only lost two, which is really, really steadfast. Dwarves can hold out if you buff the hell out of them. Um, the other things. Who does the Beardling think he is? It lets... So normally your general has his command ability, so that plus one thing to wound is um, is a 12-inch thing, which actually doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't affect his command. So his command ability used to have a range. I was thinking about it. Um, so the only thing that really affects is the 12-inch rule for the base command ability. So the run, the reroll, the charge or the uh, immune to bow shock thing. So pushes all your characters up to 12s instead of your regular characters just dropping down to like the 6 or 8 that they are if they're not the general. Cool, but not super useful, particularly when you're only taking like one or two uh, heroes anyway. Usable, not super usable. Grots are weedier these days. This is a good one. You get a reroll rolls of wound rolls of one for all dispossessed within 8 inches of it. Again, it's just a combat buff. It's just a nice, solid, little combat buff to help you get some rerolls and wounds through. Dwarfs need buffs. And the army has a lot, but they're interlaced through everywhere. Potentially very good. Longbeards, you're almost always going to see one. Next up, we have Quarrelers and Thunderers. Uh, we're going to do Thunderers first. So, one wound, Bravery of six, five plus armor save. So, these dudes have a couple different things. They have the handgun with 16 inches, 4 to hit, 3 to wound, 1 run, 1 damage. They can have pistols, 2 attacks, uh, 4 to hit, 3 to wound, 1 run, 1 damage each, but only an 8-inch range. The handgun is uh, used to like hit people with the buttstock and melee. It's the same uh, 1 attack, 1-inch range, 4 to hit, 5 to wound, no run, 1 damage. The brace of pistols, you pistol whip people, you get 2 attacks, 4 to hit, this one, for some reason, is a 4-plus to wound, so only one worse to wound. <laughs> no rend, one damage, so the guys don't want to be in combat anyway. Uh, but you get the same stuff as usual, uh, except it's a little different for Shunyas. The veteran gets plus one to hit instead of an extra attack. The standard bear carries the rune icon or the clan banner. Um, and, of course, you can have two banners in the unit, so why wouldn't you? Your drummer, of course, lets you run four. And then you get their buff abilities. So you can add one to roll to hit rolls for a unit of thunders that has 20 or more miles and no enemies within three inches. These dudes are 120 points a piece. There is no chip for taking maximum unit size of 30. So you're talking 360 points for max unit size, uh, which if you're going to bother to buy 20 of these dudes to get that plus one to hit, you might as well buy the 30 because that way, at least when you lose the first couple dudes, you're not losing your buff. I think I've always preferred the Quarrelers and, uh, because they have more shots. So these dudes have the hit and wound. The hit's the same as the Quarrelers. The wound's one better, and they have a rend. Um, and if they have unit more than 20, they hit on threes, wound on threes, rend one, one damage. It's pretty solid at 16 inches. I've never used them in AOS. I have literally always used the Quarrelers. So let's talk about those before we, uh, you know, really talk about which I think should be preferred. So Quarrelers, um, same stats all around, one wound, five save, six bravery. They have the crossbow, which is four to hit, four to wound, 
no rend one damage. But they have the ranger axe, which is four to hit, four to wound, no rend one damage. So the combat effectiveness of them uh, in hand-to-hand is better. And also the crossbow range is 20 inches, so you get four extra inches, which is kind of a big deal. All the other abilities are the same. Uh, veterans plus one to hit. Drummers let you run four. You can roll both clan banners. And then volley fire. You get to add one to the attack characteristic of the unit if it has 20 more models and three inches from the enemy units, which means at max size, I might not be hitting on threes, but I'm getting 30 extra shots, which is going to equal out to more hits, I think. I'm not a mathematician. Always seems to work out for me. And you put that rend on there from the one dude, and if you get your Warden King in, you're hitting on fours, re-rolling ones because your command abilities, not your command abilities, but your allegiance abilities, wounded on threes with the Warden King. With I mean, these guys have just always done work. I have on many, many occasions taken down Nagashes, uh, zombie dragons. I've killed Bloodthirsters. I've killed Forge World Bloodthirsters. Uh, I've killed Archons. I, I've killed a lot of big dudes with this unit. Now, sure, they almost always die by the end, but that's just going to happen. I don't really know... Um, I just don't know whether the Thunders could do the same work. Their stats would be better. I'd hit more and probably wound more, and I could stack the rend up to negative two, which would be good. But I just feel like the extra four inches of range maybe gives them an extra turn to get those shots out. And I don't know, 60 dice just seems better than 30. <laughs> uh, the Both units, I didn't mention, both of them have the shield wall thing, too. They can all have shields, so they get a reroll failed rolls, uh, failed to save rolls in combat, which is great. So they're the same cost, 120, so 360 for the big unit of 30. I've always used the one big unit of 30 coilers. You could use either, really. As long as you're screening your thunders properly, that extra four inches probably isn't a huge deal. Um... I think it's just a personal preference thing. I do have 20 Thunders. I don't have an extra 10, so I don't know whether it would be worth hunting down another 10 models. Maybe if I could find some old Skull Pass Thunders, I'll try it someday. Next up, we're getting into our elite units here. Hammerers. Uh, these bros are awesome. They come in units of 10 at 160 points, which is awfully expensive. You do get a discount. Uh, if you take a max unit size of 30, it goes to 420 points. So it's a 60-point discount. In a purely dispossessed army, well, not in a purely dispossessed army, in a dispossessed allegiance army, they do count as battle line. So there is that. So they have same stats as most of the other elite stuff and the heroes in the army, except for the Warden King. So they're move four, wound, wound, four plus save, seven bravery. The big deal is their attacks. They get two attacks apiece, uh, threes to hit, threes to wound, one rend, one damage. The veteran, or the leader, of course, he gets an extra attack, so three attacks rather than two. Uh, the musician is the run extra, run four inches. These guys, again, do not get the choice of taking the clan banner or the runic icon. They just get the clan banner, so half the number of miles that run away. But they do have the king's guard. So if they are within 16 inches of a dispossessed hero in the army, they just don't take battle shock at all which really makes me wish they had the freaking runic icon because these dudes are probably going to be guarding a hero who's going to be buffing the hell out of them. I have on a number of occasions sent 20 of these dudes into something with a warden king and an extra rend, so hitting on threes, re-rolling ones usually because the allegiance, wounding on twos with two rend, two attacks apiece. These dudes do some damn work. Um, I have killed a lot of heavily armored stuff with these guys. So, are they expensive? You bet. In fact, they're the second most expensive unit in the army, but I think well worth it. I have read some anecdotal notes on the internet where people run them in small units, like small elite units of 10. I don't like that idea. Um, that 4 plus save and these guys don't have shield wall is not much to keep them alive, whereas if you run a 20 or 30 man unit, even if you lose like five or six models, you know, let's say I use the unit 20, I lose five models. That's 15 dudes left. That's still 30 attacks. So, I mean, these guys can still pump damage. But if you not if you take a unit of 10, they get, you know, lose half their units and they're pretty much battle effective is gone. So, 
really like the hammers. I have used them many times. There are also many times I haven't used them, but I do dig them. Next up, we have Iron Breakers. These are 140 points for 10. Uh, you get 360 again for a max unit size of 30, so you get that 60 point discount if you max size them. Now, these guys are again elite, so one wound, four plus save, seven bravery. You have the Iron Breaker Axe or Hammer. So, this is kind of like the Dwarf Axe or Hammer three to hit, four to wound, no ren, one damage. But because you're elite, just like the hammers, these guys get two attacks. So, that's pretty cool. The Veteran Sergeant in this unit gets a couple choices, though. And this is where it kind of gets interesting. So you can have an axe and a shield, which is fine. Uh, in that case, he gets three attacks instead of two. So it's an extra attack. Or he can be armed with a pistol and a bomb. <laughs> or he can be armed with two pistols. Now, the Drake Fire Pistols, you get one attack. Um, it's eight inches, four to hit, three to wound, one run, one damage. So not amazing. The bomb is pretty cool. Uh, oh, in, in combat, the Drake Fire Pistols, four to hit, four to wound, no rend, one, so you just pistol weapon and one attack. So the pistol's not super great. But the bomb is pretty neat. So once per battle, oh, if this was a once per turn, I would take it all the time. Once per battle, a model with Cinder Blast Bomb can throw it in your shooting phase, picking it within six inches and roll a dice. As long as you don't roll a one, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So again... If you could throw it multiple times, it would be amazing. Um, even even as it is, it's not bad. Because, you know, maybe if you got a unit picked down to only one or two models, you know, that could finish a unit off, which is kind of a big deal. I do like the Cinder Blast Bomb. Uh, this unit has the Icon Bearer. It doesn't get the choice of Clan Banner. So now we've reversed from the Hammerers, which is weird. Um, because these dudes are way more tanky, I think, because they have shields. Um, so the clan, the icon banner five plus stops magic. Drummer does the same thing. The have they have the Gromwell shield, so you get a reroll failed save rolls as long as you didn't run or charge. And then they have forge proven Gromwell armor, which means unless your enemy has a weapon with a rend of negative two or better, they ignore. So they ignore rend of negative one. Like I said, these dudes are tanky. I wish they had the choice for the clan banner as well as the icon bearer because then they would be super tanky instead of just really tanky. <laughs> I like these guys. I have ran them in units of 20. I've never ran them larger than that. They do tend to sit and sit and sit and sit. And even, I mean, they hit pretty decently on a three reroll in ones usually because your allegiance ability. And with the Warden King and a Runesmith buff wounding on threes with a one rend, Two attacks, they can put out damage. They're not hammer-level damage, but they can put out some damage. Um, they're nice to sit on objectives. Ideally, I think that's what I would do with them, or what I do do with them. Uh, they go for an objective and then just kind of sit there and fight people off while they get, you know, other your opponent tries to push you off of it. Next up is the final of the elite units. Um, yeah, actually, it's the final unit, really, is the Iron Drakes. Now, the Iron Drakes are expensive they are the second or actually they are the most expensive unit in the army i'm sorry they're 180 points so again they're max size 30 but you get no discount so at max size 30 you are talking 540 points for 30 of these bros but they got a lot of good stuff so let's talk about it they are elite just like everything else so four plus save seven bravery one wound though the <laughs> they have drake guns 16 inches Three to hit, three to wound, one rend, one damage. So they are basically a rifle like a Thunder's, but with a plus one to hit. You don't use your gun to hit people in combat. You use your mailed fist. Uh, four to hit, five to wound, no rend, one damage. But they get all these weird things. So the leader of the unit can take a Drake gun just like everybody else, uh, which he gets plus one to hit if he shoots with a Drake gun, or... He can take two Drake Fire Pistols, which are, as I said before, uh, back in the Iron Breakers, because this dude had the same options. Four to hit, four to wound. Um, or sorry, four to hit, three to wound, one rend, one damage. One attack a piece at eight inch range. In melee, they're four to hit, four to wound, no rend, one attack, one damage. So these guys don't get multiple attacks like the Iron Breakers. They only hit one attack, which makes sense for a shooting unit. But the thing I really, really like about the... Uh, I didn't say the Iron Warden can also take the uh, 
the drag fire pistol and the cinder blast bomb just like the iron breaker dude can but what i really like is he gets the option of a grudge hammer torpedo so the grudge hammer torpedo is a 20 inch range three to hit three to wound two rend d3 damage which is pretty nice um and if it shoots a monster it goes to d6 damage instead of d3 so nagash zombie dragons bloodthirsters all the big tasty things grudge hammer torpedoes love it um i really like the grudge hammer torpedo and then because they are basically iron breakers with guns they get the forge proven gromerl armor which means they ignore rend of negative one and then you get their big deal they have a rule called blaze away you get to add one to your attack characteristic with your missile weapons if you have at least 10 models three inches away from all enemy units so these guys get that double shot with less models and with better weapons than the thunders or the quarrelers i mean take a max unit of 30 of these bros that's 60 shots hitting on threes wounding on threes rend of one throw a runesmith buff on him for a rend of two get a warden king in there for a plus one to wound on twos these dudes smoke most things in the game now i didn't talk about allegiance abilities but the one of the artifacts really a lot of people will say the only artifact that the uh, dwarves have is the iron pickaxe which lets us basically teleport a unit and what often often happens is a runesmith will teleport away with a unit of big unit of iron drakes they will come up on your enemy on your next turn you know nine inches away from an enemy which means they're more than three inches away and then they will double shot the piss out of something and kill it so enemies beware iron drakes are the bomb and they are often used exactly like a bomb they, they disappear and then they drop in smash something off the face of the earth and and that's where they're stuck like at that point they're probably in the enemy lines they're gonna have to fight their way out luckily they have all that good armor and stuff the bummer is they don't have shields so they don't get to reroll their armor saves and the pickaxe teleport is in the movement phase which means on the turn they come up they're not getting buffed but as long as they survive that first uh, attack back basically or the first retaliation you can get that iron forge armor off on them give them that six plus save after they take the wound or the mortal wound which could save them um, I didn't say these guys also have the icon bearer, so on a 5 plus they ignore spells. They don't get the choice of the clan banner, which I think would be nice. Um, especially because, like I said, once these dudes bomb in, everything hits them 100 miles an hour. <laughs> so um, they do make really good bait units. Uh, because they get the double shot as a unit of 10, you could take a unit of 20. They retain that shooting effectiveness for a hot minute. Um, even as a unit of 10, if they're screened well or they're in cover... You know, they're throwing double shots out. That's 20 shots. It's nothing to sneeze at. So your enemy's probably going to at least spend something to try and knock a couple dudes off. That's why I think a unit of 20 is better than a unit of 10. But I can see taking a unit of 10 at low points and really being kind of a pain in someone's side. I like the Iron Drakes. I have only used them once. So anecdotal evidence, everybody says they're amazing. I just have to kind of assume they are amazing me it's hard to say so that is all the units in the dispossessed army it's a sad sad number when you think about all the stuff we used to have but whatever so we do have one battalion that is the grudgebound war throng now the grudgebound war throng is 170 points and it requires a warden king and a rune lord, which you're going to have in your army anyway. Also requires you to take the unforged, which is like the one character that nobody uses because he kind of sucks. You then have to have four units of warriors, thunders, coilers, longbeards, which you're probably going to have something like that in your army anyway. Then you have to have three units of iron drakes, iron breakers, or hammerers. Okay. The bonuses you get from this are ancient grudge, the warriors of the throng have deep-rooted grudges. When you go to war, you re-roll all hit rolls of one for everything in the grudge-bound war throng. They also get stubborn to the end, which guess what? It's the same as our allegiance ability. On a one, two, or three, you don't take battle shock. 
great. So our our battalion bonuses are the same thing as our allegiance abilities. What a freaking waste. This, I remember when the new GHB came out for second. Actually, I think it was back in first edition still when they first did it. And we got our allegiance abilities and everyone was like, oh sweet, the dispossessed get allegiance abilities. It's like, it's the same as our battalion. They've just made our battalion useless. So unless you're going to pay the 170 points to one drop your army, there's no cool bonuses from it. Like you're literally just paying 170 points to try and one drop your army and it's forcing you to take the stupid unforged. It is probably the biggest piece of disappointment uh, to me out of this entire set. Other than obviously the fact that we lost all of our other stuff along the way, it, it just makes me sad. So, I don't know. You make of that what you will. I don't use the battalion. I probably never will. I actually did use that battalion before they got our allegiance abilities because rerolling all your ones to hit was a pretty big deal. So, let's go ahead and discuss this allegiance ability since we're here. Uh, if your army is a dispossessed allegiance, you get stubborn to the end, which means on a one, two, or three, you ignore freaking battle shock. And then you get grudges. Now, this is the one thing that's not the same from the battalion. So the battalion, you get to reroll all ones to hit against everything. Uh, the allegiance ability is you get to pick something. So you can, there are six choices. Uh, choice one, you get a reroll hit rolls of one when you target enemy heroes. Uh, two, you get a reroll uh, hit rolls of one against units with a speed characteristic of 10 plus. Three is reroll ones against monsters. Four is reroll ones against an enemy unit that had 20 or more models when it was set up. It doesn't have to have 20 when you continue attacking it. It just had to have 20 or more when they initially put it on the board. Uh, shoddy craftsmanship. You get a reroll ones if the unit has a save of two, three, or four plus. And then finally, sneaky ambushers. You get a reroll ones if the unit is in cover or did not start set up on the battlefield. So, you know, drops down from the sky or tunnels up or reserves or summons, whatever. So you have to pick what you're doing, your ones to reroll hits on, but it is still there. Again, making the battalion kind of useless. Your general, he has the option of six command traits, just like all the other guys, you know. Uh, so option one, resolute. Units wholly within 12 inches of the general pass battle shocks on one to four instead of one to three. Kind of cool, but not amazing. Resilient, because you have to be completely within 12 inches is the problem. So he's you're basically bubbling him. Uh, two, resilient. General has six wounds instead of five. Siege master. This one is potentially useful if you know what's coming. Uh, do not add one to save rolls for enemy units that are in cover if attacked by a general or friendly dispossessed unit wholly within 12 inches of this general. I did use this particular one at one point when I went to the team tournament at Adepticon a couple of years ago. It was me and my friend John. He was running Ogres and I was running Dispossessed. And I knew we were going to run into... Uh, Sylvaneth was still big at the time. And so I had that big unit of Corlers. And then this dude sitting right next to him. And hey, sure enough, look, there's dryads in the trees. Well, guess what, friend? You're dead. You're dead, dead, dead. <laughs> uh, and it worked really, really well. Four, Unforgiving. He gets to add one to wound rolls um, made by him. Meh, it's good. Not, not great. Battle Fury. Uh, on a roll of six plus, uh, after the general completes his attacks, on a roll of six plus, he gets to fight again. Eh... Not amazing, considering his weapon isn't... I mean, it's, again, average to me, Ogre. I guess with that, he could potentially do some pretty decent damage, but the one thing that you almost always see chosen here is Grudge Bearer. Once per battle, if your general has not been killed, you can pick a new grudge, which means you get a switch. Let's say you started the battle against a horde army, and you were doing Cowardly Horde, so you're rerolling ones to hit against horde units. Now your enemy, for whatever reason, is down. You know, you've killed most of his horde units or gotten them really low, but they have a couple monsters. You can use Grudge Bear to change your grudge to monsters. So now instead of rerolling ones to hit against the hordes, you're hitting monsters. Super ta tactful and useful. So that is kind of neat and is one you usually see. Like I said, the only other one I've ran is Siege Master, and I think that is probably the second best one, arguably, because... 
Sylvaneth. So, <laughs> yeah. Then we have our artifacts of power. Now there are six artifacts, just like everyone else, of course. So heavy metal ingot, you can reroll failed save rolls for the bear as long as they've not moved this turn. Uh, so I guess if you're in the enemy's turn and they charge you um, and you haven't gone anywhere, yeah, that item sucks. <laughs> it's just there's just no bones about it. Uh, second is the ancestral pickaxe. At the start of your movement phase, remove the bear and one other friendly dispossessed unit within three inches of him, not wholly with him, but just within three inches of him. Set them up again at the end of your next movement phase anywhere on the battlefield, wholly within six inches of the character, which means a 12-inch bubble, uh, and then more than nine inches away from enemy models. So when you do this, it is possible for your enemy to somehow you know, force you into certain zones, but if they're not weary, this is where the Iron Drake bomb goes off. Third is the Tear of Grugni. Once per battle, at the start of your shooting phase, pick an enemy within six inches of the bear. The unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. If it is a hero or monster, it halves its move characteristic next movement phase. Fourth is the Grudge Rune. After setup is complete, but before the battle begins, pick an enemy hero. You reroll all failed hit and wound rolls against that hero. So let me go back to the teardrop. Sucks because it's once a battle. You get a D3 mortal wounds once per battle if it's within six inches of this dude. So it's a really crappy magic missile. <laughs> Grudge Rune, also really crappy. You don't want your hero fighting because our heroes are actually super fragile. Bleh. Number five, Pile Driver Gauntlets. At the start of the combat phase, you can declare the bear will strike the ground instead of attacking. If you do so at the combat phase, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models. They're within six inches of the bear when they attack. This had the potential to be good, actually. And it's not terrible. If you had, <laughs> I guess if you had the battalion and you had an extra artifact, this one's pretty solid. Um, you put this guy in the middle of the Ironbreaker horde that's sitting on an objective, and you do that so everything's minus one to hit, is actually pretty good. Not, not amazing, but pretty good. Uh, it just makes that tanky unit more tanky. And finally, the resounding Gromril Horn. Once per battle to start your hero phase, uh, you can use the artifact. Add two to the bravery of all dispossessed units in your army until your next hero phase. Your dudes are ignoring battle shock 50% of the time anyway. And this is once per battle. This is garbage. So out of these, the Ancestral Pickaxe is the obvious choice um, because it gives dwarfs the one thing they really lack, which is mobility. And then the Pile Driver Gauntlets are a hot second for if you have the ability to take two artifacts because you, for whatever reason, paid the 170 points for the throng, the pile driver gauntlets. There you go. I guess that's another reason to take the uh, battalion. But the reason I often don't take the battalion, in fact, the reason I've never taken the battalion in its current form, is this. I always have a Warden King. I always have an Unforged. Um, I usually have two units of Warriors, a unit of Quarlers, and a unit of Longbeards. So that's met. The problem comes in the Elites. You have to take three units. And three units means not purchased like as ten men. Like You can't take a unit of 30 Iron Drakes and be like, that's three units. No, it has to be a ten man, a ten man, and a ten man, which destroys their effectiveness. And the same on the Iron Breakers and the Hammerers. It's It just doesn't work out, especially for the 170 points for the battalion itself means that one of those units is, you know, its points are going into the damn battalion cost. And at that point, you're, you know, again, your abilities are basically your allegiance. It's just the, the battalion just sucks. I wish we had something that just, you know, let us take an extra freaking artifact or... Give us a battalion that is worthwhile would be great. So those are our main units. So let's talk about armies. The army that I have generally ran up to now has consisted of a Warden King, two Runesmiths, one with the Ancestral Pickaxe, two 10-man units of Warriors. Up until now, I've been using dudes with hand weapons and shields because I don't have great weapon warriors. A single man, a single ten-man unit of ten longbeards with two-handed weapons and shields because yay, two-handed weapons. Um, they actually have my have the old metal mod, like most of my army's old metals. So, a unit of thirty quarrelers because thirty freaking quarrelers. <laughs> uh, I've used twenty hammers and then twenty iron breakers. 
because I don't own 30s. <laughs> and then I actually built an ally, and I used the Celestial Hurricanum at 380 points because he is a dope ally. It brings me to 1920, which leaves me with a command point to start the game with. I get my 60 shots. I get my buffs. The Celestial Hurricanum is a nondescript freaking buff monster. So everything within 12 inches of that bro that's order gets plus one to hit. Hey, you remember how I pointed out earlier that the stupid quarrelers get double shots? 60 shots hitting on threes. Rerolling ones against whatever I'm grudged against. With a rend of one because of a runesmith. And if a Warden King's floating around wounding on threes as well, that unit does work. Um, again, this is how I've usually killed things. Yay! Plus the Hurricane gives you access to uh, the regular magic. So you get your janky missile, you get your reroll, your armor saves, which I get anyway, so that's kind of pointless. But it also gives you the Comet of Cassandora. Plus that thing shoots mortal wounds out of its face like an idiot. Um, it's random, of course, on a, I think it's a one, two, three, you do a single mortal wound, a four five, you do a D three. And on a six, you do D six mortal wounds, but you get to do it three times. So the chances are you're going to pump some heavy mortal wound shots out of it. Now, of course, all that drops, uh, as it takes wounds and it is a wound magnet. Like people, people usually see it on the field and you know, they're like, Oh, what's that doing? You tell them and they're like, Oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then you have your ridiculous turn of shooting and they're like that needs to die and it usually dies very shortly thereafter so it is it's there as an option it's definitely worth taking in my opinion i converted a really big card up uh, i tore my old anvil of doom up and used it and some grudge ponies to pull it so i have a pretty cool converted model for it nice centerpiece model big beefy thing so that's cool uh, that is my usual army i use the 10 man units of warriors to uh basically shield my big unit of quarrelers and then the hammers are also usually over there so that when you get to the quarrelers the hammers come in on a flank and smash you i take them to tournaments i often win two or three games out of five so i'm not doing terrible with them but i'd really like to get better which is why i'm reanalyzing my lists uh, so this year uh, starting in the next month or two i'm really gonna work on getting these dudes onto their round bases, and I'm going to work on getting to tournaments and trying to improve myself with them. So that is it for episode 37, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I will put out an extra episode later this month. Um, it will probably be talking about Flames of War or maybe just my experience rebasing these damn dwarves. Uh, and then in May, episode 38 will be the second half of this, which will be discussing the dwarfs that were taken away from us uh which we should get back because you took away half my damn army you rat bastards <laughs> so that's it guys thanks for joining me don't forget to join me on twitter at hobby heroes cast facebook look up the hobby heroes check out the blog the hobby heroes dot com now i do put a blog post up every single saturday uh, occasionally i forget to post it on my social medias but it is on the blog regardless and i talk about a lot of things from flames of war uh, fighting fantasy novel walkthroughs stuff like that so go check out the blog don't forget to do that you can email us of course thehobbyheroes at gmail.com or get the whole of us through any of those social media contacts thanks for listening guys have a good night thank you